I went to my my favorite lady doctor yesterday because now I'm on Ithamar's insurance oh, yeah. and she didn't accept the Medi-Cal. So I used to go to her, then I stopped going to her, and now I can go to her again. Nice. She is very liberal. passionate and mm-hmm. I forgot because I haven't been to her in a few years and so I had my appointment yesterday and I love her so much but I forget that while dressed in a paper gown with your feet in stirrups mm-hmm. she doesn't start anything she just wants to talk for 45 minutes and vent right. about all the political stuff that's going on right now which I'm like I'm all for it but like not with my feet in these stirrups right now please I have to pee I mean (laughs) can we just um but I can't imagine all of her patients are willing to listen to her because she might not have patients who are who have the same political viewpoints Uh but she did give me a lot of free birth control good for you bless her heart because mine is very expensive and you know it's just I'm like she's like do you need another prescription I'm like I do and it's also now they're charging me and she just without me even getting it out she just threw me a bunch of boxes she's like here you go like bless you i did that i did that one time uh right before right before i moved here i went and because i had health insurance and i wasn't sure you know i was gonna get off of it and uh right before we moved here i went and did all my doctor's appointments and uh i told the lady i was like i'm not really sure i was like you don't have any samples do you she was like I'll see what we can do. She gave me fucking nine months worth of holy stuff. Yeah, I was like, okay, see what you can do. Yeah. And now, uh, yeah, I'm rocking the medical at, ah. the, at the mo. You while know, I get transitioned over, and uh, uh, I had a good experience on the medical. Actually, I well, just wanted to be able to see her, and I couldn't. I just that's all I need. I just need to, so I get to go to Planned Parenthood, which is what I used to do when I was uninsured. Yeah, uh, so bless them. Yeah. Bless Yeah. It's all I need. That and just, you know, if I'm in a car wreck again, next time I'll feel free to go to the doctor. As I wanted uh-huh. you to. But now you can. Now I can. But hopefully you won't get another car wreck. Well, like I can't right now. Because you don't got a car. <laughs> well, I guess I could get into somebody else's car wreck, but... Um, <laughs> Not mine. I know. I, I get in a wreck. I've been, uh, I've been in a lot of lifts lately, so, you know, you never know. You never know. It scares me a lot. I'm yeah. such a control freak, and I think it's part of why I got car sick, because I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen yeah. in my body and brain they cannot cope they cannot cope i remind myself sometimes like hey you're not driving you can relax like when the like Jesus, they'll take the wheel they, they'll start to like it for me it's not even like we're gonna die stress it's you're not gonna be able to merge in time you know like oh, i'm like you're in the wrong lane scary. you're in the wrong line like oh my god and i'm like literally i'm like you know what that's not my fucking problem yeah I was my problem last week. No, two weeks ago. I because I had just started driving again. Like, oh no, I haven't even. Okay, I was able to start driving, but I was still like, yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. lay off of it for a second. And so I took a lift to go to my puppet rehearsal that I was coaching, and and that happened. Like the exit was approaching, and he was nowhere near the right lane. Mm-hmm. And I was like, surely he's listening to his GPS say mm-hmm. in 500 feet, but because it's been saying it for the past two miles. And he's just still cruising. And I was like, Amy, you got to say something. Yeah. So I was like, are you, uh, are we, are we doing a different route? And he didn't respond. And I was like, excuse me, are we doing a different route? He goes, huh? I'm like, you just missed the exit. What? You, are you fucking kidding me? You weren't even playing music. The only sound in this vehicle was the GPS telling you what to do. Oh, my God. We wound up going like an extra like four miles because it was on the 405 and he missed it. So we were – we went so far out of the way, which made the price even higher. And then he dropped me off in an alley behind someone else's apartment building and I he fought me on it. What? I was like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Yes, it is. No one – and at that point, I was like, I don't know if my safety is being threatened here. I'm just yeah, going to go. Yeah, And then I wrote to Lyft who – their their customer service is really good. Oh, good. Um, but they were like, oh, we rest assured we, we will talk to this driver. You will never be paired with him again. And I wrote back. I'm like, great. I'd also like a refund. Good and they were you. like, oh, right. Yes, here you go. Uh-huh. And here's a credit. But I'm like, what's wrong? You have one job. Just yeah. get me to where I need to go on time because uh-huh. these puppeteers pay me to yeah, be yeah, there. And then get me there safely because was, that scares me when people don't drive very safe. I was sharing one the other night and the guy was getting dropped off at – and he had put in Hollywood and Highland. So that's the mall. 
Yeah. And he was like, yeah, okay, no, over here, over And you know my neighborhood. Oh. There is no just oh. over here, over here. Oh, no. So what he meant was, because like literally I was like, I was trying, I was like, no, I live right here. I was like, where are you going? He was like, oh, Hollywood and Highland. I was like, the parking lot, the the Forever 21, where are you going? Yeah, Hollywood like, and Highland is massive, Because let, let me figure out so we can get there. He's like, well, it's just like the Hollywood and Highland. And I was like. But fucking where? Like, t- like you need to answer. I was like, I live right here. You need to tell me where because I might want to get out before you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if yeah. it's going to go around the block, I'll yeah. just get out because I can see my house from here, you know? Um, and then he finally he was like, well, no, there's a good drop off just right here. And what he meant was he was staying at the Lowe's Hotel. Just fucking put the Lowe's just Hotel the Lowe's in. Lowe's Hotel. There's a driveway. There's a it's driveway. Easy. There's a drop off. And oh, I was like, brother. and he confused the poor lift driver. And I literally was like, I also got out because I was like, I can walk that way yeah. through the alley and this is my home. Bye. But he was trying to be all like, oh, well, I stay here all the time. And I was like, then put no. the name in right, motherfucker. Yeah, he's just a tourist who didn't know shit. Why am I so mad about this? We're so mad I'll right now. I'll tell you why I'm so mad about this. Why? Because this is Banshees and Booze. A paranormal <laughs> podcast. With a shot of liquid f- rage. <gasps> liquid rage. I'm going to rip my corduroy overalls out of my body because I'm hot. Yeah, I'm fine with temperature that. Temperature-wise. Yeah, temperature-wise. And, and body-wise. I'm just great. a hot mess. You're a hot mama. Got dark hair now. Oh, yeah. I like it. I'm out of the red. Yeah. It's pretty close to your natural, right? It's very close. It might be a a little little darker. darker. Yeah. It's a little bit darker, but um, yeah, it feels better. I got a haircut. I know. Your hair looks really good. It looks, I thought it looked different. It also looks a little lighter. Oh, well, maybe it's just. Just the hair dye Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I went in and was like, my hair is so messed up. Can you just cut some of it off? Aw. Uh, I was bragging about going to, you know, because I live in L.A. I go to these fancy places. My, um, I've got this little hole in the wall called Supercuts. Oh, I think I've heard of this. The cuts Internationally are, renowned. Are super pretty cut. super. Um, are they still like under $30? Yeah. Ileana gave me a great haircut. I accidentally went there on a Tuesday and it's uh, cheaper on Tuesdays. Um, I was able to tip her like 40% and my bill was still $26. So. Oh my God. She even put layers in, and I was like, "Sure, whatever you want. Knock yourself out." <laughs> like, oh, it's amazing. I don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit. I'm like, I want it so to be good. mostly long. I don't really care. Oh so. my god, and it looks good. It's Thanks. not like it doesn't look anyone like blindfolded themselves and cut your hair. I do it twice a year, so I might as well spend twenty six dollars. I tipped my hair guy forty percent because he charged me so much less than usual, and oh. now I don't want to say what it was though. I'm like, no, don't. It's it okay. was. Uh, I was like, what a bar. I'm tipping you 40%, honey. <laughs> and I'm like, you paid how much? Yeah. That's amazing. I was a little embarrassed how cheap it was because I was like, oh, but it apparently on Tuesdays it's cheaper. And I just happened to wander in there on a Tuesday. $20 Tuesdays, yeah. man. Why not? Why not? Why not? It looks really good. I mean, they didn't ha- they didn't blow dry it or anything. So, <laughs> hey, that might be extra. That's going to cost an extra $350. Yeah. So I had to go upstairs yeah. to Target with wet hair. But you know what? I was fine. Uh, Amy. Tammy. This week. Uh, we chose a great topic. I've been wanting to do it for so long, but also wasn't sure if it was going to give me massive anxiety. It did. It did. Yes. Okay. And I got through it. Uh, I didn't even, I said, yes, thank you for thinking of something and didn't even really think about it too much. I was so thrilled to have you come up with a topic. Um, but, uh, I decided to do the drink this time because our topic this week is beyond and back. Not quite a ghost. Not quite a ghost. People who have died and come back, maybe been to the other side. Maybe saw some dead people. Maybe saw some stuff, came back. So what would be more appropriate than to make this drink, Amy? I made a zombie. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yay! Which is a real life drink. It's a real life drink, but I don't know what's in it. Uh, Mm, Look at that color. It is. Well, I know. I wish it weren't so dark, actually, but it's um, Mm. one part light rum, one part dark rum. That's my favorite kind of drinks where it's like you need both of the rums. This is my day. Um, Pineapple juice. Uh, It was supposed to have mango juice. I couldn't find any mango juice. Uh, so I bought a pre-mixed like pineapple mango, and I was like, "Great, even perfect. better, even better." Um, it smells and really good. A uh, twist of lime. Mm. Um, this smells delightful. Oh, and then I put maraschino cherries in it because I fucking felt like it. And I gave Amy the cherry that looks like a butt. It does <laughs> look like a butt. I want to finish the zombie and take a picture of it. Ah, uh, you should. It's I, so cute. So I'm to take it. 
Wait, I got my butt. There's your butt. Look how cute it is. Oh, I got juice on my pants. (gasps) It's such a cute butt. So I legitimately at Sprouts about a month ago was buying um, sweet potatoes. And I was actually kind of broke at the time. But one of the sweet potatoes looked like a butt. And I had to buy it because it made me laugh. And then I couldn't eat it because it was so cute. That's right. Tammy doesn't eat ass. Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> only because it's so cute only because it's so cute and i left it for so long that it sprouted and i now have a legitimate i sprouted off of it and i now have a house plant from my butt potato <laughs> it's an ass vine amy it's literally in my bathroom right now it's so cute i'll take a picture it's like a real plant oh my god it's a real plant and i sprouted it from an ass <laughs> That you bought at Sprouts. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Or did you say Ralph's? I'm sorry. No, it was Sprouts. Oh, that's even better. Oh, oh my God. God. I literally, I'm sorry. I bought, I bought <laughs> sorry. three of them. I only needed two because I bought that. So I was like, well, this looks like a butt. I'm buying it. <laughs> See, it was an investment. Well done. And I left it in my kitchen for so long and looked at it and laughed that it literally sprouted. And then I was like, I'm going to let it grow. I looked it up and I put it in some water in a bowl and a Get window. Out. Oh, yeah, and I let it take root, and now there's uh, four different cuttings that came off of it. You see, <laughs> it was money well spent because it brought you joy, yeah. laughter, and you've got a house plant now. Tell you what. And you've got a butt to stare I tell you what, I, it, That plant, I love naming plants. It needs to have a great name, so I tell you what. If you guys come up with a great name for my, my butt plant... Yeah, so comment. I'll I'll share a picture of it on the Instagram. Yes, and I will Please name ta- it. I will take uh, suggestions, and the best one will win. And I will call my plant that. Oh and I god. keep plants for a while. So oh my god, I can't, I want to see it so bad. Yeah, this yeah. is great. Oh okay, I'm gonna think of a name too. Okay, for thank it. Once you. I have to well, see it. I have to know it. Yes, I have to submit. I will. I have to get to know it first. Sure. You know, I have to sure. really know a, know a butt before I, I didn't name taste it. this. Oh Let's yeah, taste it. Cheers to the zombie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Multiple I mean, rums. You know, it's rums. I liked yours better. <laughs> you seem very unimpressed with this drink. Yeah, I, mean, I tasted it earlier and it seemed fine. And I think it's pretty good. It's all right. Well, you mixed it a long time ago. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm very sticky because I dug my hands into my zombie to take my cherry out to take mm-hmm. a picture of the butt cherry. Yep. And now my hands are extremely sticky. So anyway, that's. I mean, as it happens once again, Amy's Just keeping us Amy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Amy, yes. I would love to hear about your research. I'd love to talk to you about it because, okay. all right. So, I was um, back in the day. You, you definitely know of the show. I survived because Karen on My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. That's her crutch, and she loves it when when she needs to do some research. So, I never really watched. I survived. I was obsessed with the show called I Survived Beyond and Back. Ooh. Did you ever hear of it? I don't think so. Okay. So I'm always obsessed with people who have died and like survived it or like or shows like I Survived where because it just would make me feel better. Like all of my worst fears in life that even if you do have face it, it you might survive it. Like there's a chance. Mm-hmm. Like there are actual people who have been shot in the face multiple times and survived yeah. and you know so i just was very obsessed my whole life of like reading these types of stories because i needed to know that when all of this terrible stuff happens to me one day because i'm such a tragic minded thinker that there's a chance i can i can live amy why would you be so nervous about things like when you go to acupuncture and almost die yes yes because i know what it's like to not breathe <laughs> i almost drowned once uh-huh. i mean, there's just yes you know so right i'm like hashtag yolo now i know but also i'm like horrified of everything now because you don't know you yeah. just never know um so um oh yeah so and that's also why i'm kind of obsessed with communicating with the dead and like the afterlife because i just need to know that like okay so if you don't survive it you can still hang out yeah. you can still 
be on the stage that you always wanted to be on. You can still talk to the people you've always wanted to talk to or haunt the people that you really can't stand or have some fun. Duh. Uh, dear. Um, so, oh, and that the people that like you've lost, like I, I want to know that they, I'll get to see them again. And so I, I was obsessed when I survived beyond and back came on as a series. I was so obsessed with like hearing people's stories. They all had a very similar thing of there was always a light. They always saw the people that they've known who have passed and that they wanted to cross over more than anything, but they wouldn't let them. And that most people who have survived a, um, a death experience and come back from the dead are very depressed. A lot of them become alcoholics or addicts because they saw how incredible that was. And now they're stuck in just real life on fucking earth. And they're just like, this sucks. This is I wanted that. Is it fascinating because of your research? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's very – it was all very interesting. So I remember that pattern of this show of being like that was a very similar thing. And they, there was even one episode I had seen forever ago with a little kid who became like severely depressed after he came back from the dead because – he really wanted to go. His dog who had passed away was like on the other side and like he went into like a deep, deep, deep depression. And I, just, I remember specifically another man who became an alcoholic afterwards and it's sad. It's really – it's such an interesting study and I, yeah. Anyway, I was I was really obsessed with that show for a, a long time and then I don't know what happened. I moved to Hawaii and was like – cut cable and I just forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Um so um so here's so I actually did rewatch an old episode of I Survived Beyond and Back. Each episode usually had about three people's stories intertwined and but I watched it's not available anywhere so I watched a YouTube cut Duh. of just one person's story. Okay, great. Um so but here's the description of the show from tv.com cuz I don't think it was very popular. So in case anyone wants to know, um it says this. The question of whether life exists after death is one of mankind's great greatest mysteries and what Amy obsesses over every day. Is that what uh, TV Diagram uh, says? Mm-hmm, oh, wow. Good job. Yeah, right? I'm so famous. <laughs> uh, this series focuses on numerous individuals who, after being pronounced legally dead, amazed medical professionals and family members by inexplicably returning to life. These survivors share their stories about what they experienced on the other side, whether it was strange voices or deceased relatives urging them to return to the land of the living or actual encounters with heavenly apparitions and God it says himself, but God itself, sure. I think. Um, okay. So I wrote, turns out the show I once loved and obsessed over now gives me the biggest anxiety attack in the world. <laughs> I kept trying to watch clips and had to switch to a new one, hoping it would bring me less anxiety. <laughs> So I got through one story because I was like, okay, I can do this one. I can do this. Because the story of their death is horrifying. It's never anything just like, you know, oh, I, you know, had cancer. and No, it is like tragic, mm. sudden, and disgu- it's just like the Ugh. world's worst situations and scenarios. And I'm like, ew, no. It's weird that this show was unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> and that I was morbidly yeah. obsessed with it. So here's the one I got through anyway. It's really, really interesting. Okay. Um, it did give me some anxiety eventually, um, and you'll see why. Um, okay, so this is the, a man named Messiah. His name is Marcus, and then he legally changed it to Messiah at a certain point, but everyone kind of still calls him Marcus. Okay. Um, but the show refers to him as as Messiah. So Messiah uh, goes to a family reunion. I'm sorry. The Messiah came back from the dead? Because I already knew this story. It's the oh, Bible, okay. Amy. That's what she Did was you then. just read I think no. I just read the Bible. <laughs> just I just read the Bible. Okay. I'm sorry. There was a carpenter. Uh, and uh-huh. there was a virgin and a Messiah. There was wine. Shit, you've heard this one. Uh-huh. Oh, dang, dog. Dancing across pools. I just, that's my favorite part. The wine and the pools. Uh-huh. Pool dancing uh-huh. and water into wine. Rosé all day, So Messiah. many. So much good bread. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm just going to sip of my zombie. Okay, sip your zombie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of chugged mine a little bit. Oh, girl. Well, I just want to be strong. I want to be done before I'm reading my thing. So It's really strong. It's good. Yeah. Um, where am I? Okay. Messiah. Yeah. Uh, he he went to a family reunion with his son. Um, he is a single dad to his son, but he does have a girlfriend named Tamika. She's not the mother of his son, but 
It's almost my name. It is almost your name. Tamara? Is it Tamara or Tamara? It's neither. It's Tamara. Oh, fuck. (laughs) You think you know somebody and she changes her name on you. You can always remember it's Tamara's Cameras. Tamara's Cameras? Yeah, that's, that's my business I don't own. Tam- not anymore. Yeah. I'm buying it, girl. <laughs> Tamra's cameras. Yeah. Um, I, I can't. I gotta call you Tammy. Yeah, my real name's just Amy. Yeah. No surprise. That's all right. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. All right. So he goes to a family reunion with his son. His son's like six years old. Um. His girlfriend does not come. Uh. She's working. So he takes his son to the hotel pool because all of the cousins, the little young cousins, want to go play in the pool. But mm-hmm. Messiah can't swim. So he takes his son to the pool so he could play with his cousins. And uh, Messiah's brother is there. And knowing that Messiah can't swim, he said, "I'm gonna run upstairs to the hotel room, put my swim trunks on, and I'm gonna come back down so I can like help you out. So if the kids want to get in the pool, very I can get in with them. Very, 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 very responsible." So the brother goes upstairs to get in his swim trunk so that he can be in the pool with the kids if they want to get in. And they had a great day and a wonderful vacation at the end, right? Wrong. Oh, no. Ding dong. Okay. You're wrong. <laughs> because <laughs> because while Messiah's brother is upstairs changing in those Hawaiian print swim uh-huh. trunkers, um, he – oh, Messiah's niece slips – um, and gets her foot caught on the pool ladder. So what does Messiah have to do but jump after her and try to get her her foot, her ankle loose from the, the ladder? As he runs to, to grab her, um, he slips, hits his head, falls into the pool. No running by the pool, guys. It's slippery when wet. Mm-hmm. Just like my cute little butt cheek. Cherry. Yeah. Um, She's slippery when wet. <laughs> Just like my cherry. <laughs> uh, so he's, Thank God we so, already have an explicit rating on iTunes. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Not family friendly. Um, oh, we do have the explicit rating. I chose the explicit rating. You did? Yeah. I was so proud when I saw that. I was like, oh my God. It's like. It's because we swear like fucking sailors. <laughs> that shit yeah. man yeah we do it made me feel just like so cool i'm like i know that explicit like that's that was on every like mm. biggie and tupac cd i oh, my oh God. that's right parental Rivals. advisory right? i loved it i was like oh i've seen this uh-huh. and it's on our shit you now got, you got a show id to buy this oh fuck it they will not sell us at walmart yeah they will sell the edited <gasps> version oh i know isn't that cute yeah um okay this guy hits his head he slips into the pool. He drowns instantly because, okay, A, he can't swim, but also he hit his head. Like, even yeah. if you could swim, you might – you still drown. Right. Uh, he – his brother comes back and finds uh, Messiah at the bottom of the pool face up. Oh, my God. He screams for help. Um, a, a man comes by who was – is, like, walking by. He was in a suit, ripped off his, like, his jacket, tie, dove in and helped Messiah's brother pull Messiah out of the pool. I'm – emotional <laughs> i feel like i think it was an angel i really really do actually that is amazing they never bring it up again you and they don't th- know who he was really yeah see you want to think that you'd be the person that would be like fuck this i'll jump in right you know? yeah. but like i don't know i know oh i think in that situation if you heard someone just screaming for help and the mm-hmm. kids are around oh my god of course you gotta do it we had sorry to sidebar mm. i uh the, our neighbor across the street their house caught on fire one time mm. it wasn't a huge fire but it was like a kitchen fire and um we didn't know them but at the time it was when uh my mom's secretary was staying with us uh she was going through divorce and so she was staying in our middle room uh her name was tammy it wasn't confusing and um uh, literally, I remember her standing at the top of the stairs going, fire, fire, Todd, we've got a fire. And us all running out like, what's going on? And sh- the woman across the street had just run out and like, my house is on fire, my house is on fire, you know. And so we kind of all ran out. My dad grabbed the uh, fire extinguisher, ran across, and my dad actually put out the fire. Oh, my and, God. I know. Uh, <laughs> so cute. And like my mom and I grabbed the kids and pulled them onto our side of the street and just played with them for a little while and everything. And like I was kind of like – it wasn't like I was – it didn't occur to me. It was just the thing to do is like make sure the kids are taken care of and not scared or whatever while the fire trucks come and blah, 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 blah. Never spoke to those people again. Whoa. I was a little mad about it. Weird. Because they also like 
mom, dad, when you get to this episode, feel free to correct me. But I feel like those were kind of people that would put like super religious, like Jesus stuff on the lawn. Mm -hmm. And then also like my dad saved your house and like we took care of your kids and made sure everything was fine. You never even said thank you or like came across the street and dropped off muffins or something. Like grateful. That's not very godly or Christian like. like. When my aunt and uncle's house burned down, we still like brought the firemen like food. We were like, thanks for trying, you know, and like, (laughs) you know, I mean, yeah, you want to like pay back your heroes mm -hmm. and let them know you thanks. Yeah. Oh, weird. I, yeah. Well, hopefully this gentleman who jumped in the pool to save messiah yeah. just can live knowing he done good he did he done, he good. done good well did he because messiah ended up dying okay well he okay. died so so and amy smelled it I, sorry oh yeah Bad reference. we saw into the future oh, we did we, we did the future <laughs> long story guys yeah um we just recorded an episode that actually didn't record so now you're gonna hear it we another time we're gonna do another, we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna do, do a take two we're It'll gonna be do good. a take two it's gonna be so good um Okay, 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 quick. So here Jumped we go. In, here pulled we go. out Messiah. Messiah's dead. Messiah's dead. So Messiah says he remembers um, going under and just seeing bubbles, 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 like going up mm-hmm. and just knowing like he couldn't like – I mean you'd think that if you – like if the pool's not too deep, you could find the the bottom of the pool and push yourself up mm-hmm. at least. But I mean there was just children around. They couldn't – they could not save him. He already hit his hit his head so he couldn't – he couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And he says, I just remember just seeing giant bubbles and I knew that they were coming out of me. He's like, I could literally feel all of the air come going out of my lungs. And that's when I had a little mm-hmm. bit of a panic attack because mm-hmm. I'm like – I was thinking about that. Jesus Christ. This is not what I was expecting. Um, so I got a little panicky because also I had to be rescued that one time from – lifeguards yeah. uh, or a surfer about bubbles using the bubble mm-hmm. trick using the bubble trick and also that the air completely left my lungs as well recently um so an ambulance arrives um and in the ambulance messiah flatlines twice uh so meanwhile uh, messiah's girlfriend tamika gets a phone call saying you need to come fast messiah's dead um that phone call came from messiah's little son by the way which is like so sad and traumatizing my god uh he said dad's dead um yeah oh my god so um she tamika tells a lot of the story herself as as does messiah and she just she has such a hard time getting through it it's it's sad but at least we know he came back so here's what messiah saw he gets um so they get him to the hospital they're in the er uh, the family is taken into a special waiting room with of just them, which kind of feels like that's where you get the bad news. Yeah. So, um, so they're in the waiting room. Messiah's in the the emergency room. Um, here is Messiah's account on his end. So he's already he's flatlined now, and they're shocking. They're doing that thing on mm-hmm. his chest, you know, defibrillator. The defibrillator. ER. The clear. Clear. Sixteen seasons of ER. Oh, girl. <laughs> I figured you would know a lot mm-hmm. of this. Um, so Messiah sees in his, you know, when he's flatlining, he sees um, a stark white hospital room. He's in perfect condition. He's wearing a bleached white, crisp, crisp hospital gown. And he's lying on a bed of like clean, crisp white sheets. Just everything is immaculately white and clean. Starched and just like no wrinkles. Everything is perfect and white. Um, there's a nurse with her back turned towards him. He hears her say, everything is going to be okay. When she turns around, she has the face of his girlfriend, but her skin is very, very fair. Now, Tamika and Messiah are African-American. Mm-hmm. And he said, it was my girlfriend's face, but her skin was just so light. Mm-hmm. And uh, Messiah feels as though he's in a place where he doesn't have to suffocate anymore because he feel, he remembers from the suffocation of the water filling his lungs. Um and uh, he said he felt safe and he felt relieved. Uh, meanwhile, in real life, the chlorine water that filled Messiah's lungs is now attacking his kidney, which is causing kidney failure. His girlfriend, Tamika, sneaks out of that special holding area. You look very... You look I'm very, very like... Know, it's really emotional. I know. It's an emotional story. It's a tough one. This is... This, <laughs> I yeah, know he's okay, hard, but I'm still like... Oh, watching this? It. I yeah. was like... Oh, mm-hmm. I know. 
So she leaves that waiting room and she watches through the, you've seen it on ER. Like they watch through the little window and she says, she keeps saying like, you know, you see that stuff on TV when they, they did the thing on his Mm -hmm. chest and I swear his body rose three feet off that table Mm -hmm. and went back down. And she's like, and you, you know, on TV when it's like, that's our only reference of this stuff typically. And then all of a sudden it's real life. So, um, back on Messiah. In his little world, the nurse slash girlfriend turns away uh, and she smiles very, very sweetly. And then all of a sudden, everything goes black. Then Messiah hears voices in the darkness. At first, they're whispers saying, it's okay. Don't be afraid. You're going to be all right. And then um, when it hit, it, that's when it hits him that this is not a dream and he knows he's dead. Um, in real life during this, the doctors are now shot doing the defibrillator mm-hmm. on his heart. Um, Tamika's watching and she says at that very moment, oh, I got chills on my right side. Uh, at that very moment... I felt him leave. He was gone. So back on Messiah, he hears these voices and he recognizes them now. They're everyone he knows who has passed away. Uh, They tell him, go forward, move on, keep going. And then he gets really frustrated because he can't see them. And they're not responding to him when he says, where are you? Are you there? Is that you? And so now the voices, the voices grow from whispers to much louder voices. Ahead of him in the distance, he sees two lights and he walks towards them. That's when he realizes they're not lights. They're torches. In real life, he flatlines. The doctors announce we lost him. He's gone. His limbs have swollen to twice their size and his legs are blue. Fun fact, not fun fact, 90% of drowning victims are never revived. Oh, my gosh. This is when a nurse or a doctor uh, goes on top of Messiah and shouts to him, hang in there, bud, and starts doing shit to his chest. Mm -hmm. Okay. In Messiah's world. Uh, He goes closer to the torches and he sees gold everywhere, as in like loot and booty. There's just gold. Whoa. Yeah. Like – Yeah. And then he sees an enormous figure sitting on top of all of the gold. It has a bull's face on a human body. Its face is blood red. Horns come out of it that curve and it has a menacing look on his face. Messiah says this guy's about 12 feet into the air and that is when he realizes, yes, he's dead and he's come face to face with Satan. No. Girl, I'm freaking out right now. He believes... He's going to hell. He doesn't understand it because he never got into any trouble in his entire life. In fact, he worked really hard to stay out of trouble. But he accepts that this is his fate because all his deceased loved ones are still telling him, go forward, don't be afraid. And so now the devil is staring right at him. The voices all die down except for the voice of his grandma who says, it's okay, go ahead. I'm so excited. I've got such fucking crazy chills I right now. I don't like this. Like fanny myself a little bit. I know. The devil leans into Messiah, looks at him, and then he relaxes backwards and shakes his head. And grandma's voice says, see, I told you it's okay. You don't have to be afraid now. Oh, my God. Messiah now falls into what he says feels like a deep, deep sleep. He faced the fucking devil. He saw the fucking devil in real life. Messiah's heart starts beating again, but he is unable to breathe on his own. He's placed in a medically induced coma. Doctors do not think he will ever wake up. Against doctor's advice, the family, especially Messiah's mother, insists he's taken out of his coma. And the doctors are like, it's not. No. I mean, he'll be a vegetable for the rest of his life or we can let him go. But, like, I don't think we should take him out of his coma. He'll have, have zero chance of surviving. Uh, But they do. They take him out of his medically induced coma. And his mom very, very sternly tells him, open your eyes. And Messiah opens his eyes. And the doctors are shocked. Messiah sees his girlfriend, Tamika. And that's when it dawns on him. And he tells her, you're pregnant with a daughter. And she's like, get me out of this. And Tamika in the interview goes like, get me out of this. Yes. (laughs) I'm dead. And Tamika's like, what? You have gone. She's like, and I, she, in her interview, she's like, I know you're on, a, he's on a lot of medications. She goes, I was going through so many emotions, but I definitely was like, this guy has lost his shit. Like, this guy crazy. <laughs> and, and he realizes that the nurse he saw in his vision 
was not Tamika. It was their future daughter. <laughs> Dead. I've died. I'm so sorry. I'm, damn it. I'm just, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to sit over here. Let and me know sob. if you see the devil. I'm just going to sob. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tamika, even though she's like, you're crazy, I'm not pregnant with your daughter, um, she asks the nurse for a pregnancy test. Oh my God. She takes it. <laughs> she's pregnant. 30 minutes after Messiah comes out of his coma, he proposes to Tamika. Three months later, they marry. Three months after that, they have their daughter. Ten months after that, they have a second daughter. And Messiah says that the whole experience was, um, you know, to learn if you've done good, do not be afraid on Judgment Day. Girl, uh, <laughs> Tammy has lost. I ruined her. I ruined her. So, so, so the uh, funny part about all this is like I had this theory that this was going to be a real dark one. So I picked some stuff and I have some like kind of fun stuff to talk about. Thank God. End, so that I could kind of end on a fun note. Oh God, thank goodness I went first thing. But I literally did not expect <laughs> No. It was emotional watching so it. So good. It's so good. This is why I was obsessed with this show. I never saw that episode, and I'm like, he saw the fucking he's, devil. And he saw his daughter and he faced his oh my god, I can't. I and can't. then his grandma, his grandma's <gasps> like, I told Sorry. you it's okay. I okay. told you it's okay. Just keep going forward. And that the devil, he basically he says in his interview, he's like, it was almost like the devil what gave me this like, nah, not interested, kind of like yeah. pass, you know. Oof. And oh my god, I know. It's a good thing I didn't put any mascara on today. <laughs> That's the real important thing. It is the very important thing. It's just that's been the thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. So they're all doing good, and oh, girl, the pictures of his daughter, little girl, they're so cute. You're gonna post them, right? Yes, I'm gonna Thank post God. them. They're so cute. Oh my God. Oh my God. Amy, they're probably like ten years old today. But thank you. Sometimes. Sometimes I feel nothing, and I'm so glad to have felt all of those feelings. Uh, that was wonderful, and I can't thank you for it enough. And now I'm going to go on YouTube and watch a bunch of those episodes. <laughs> I might keep going. Yeah. I'm telling you, though, some of them were just like, nope, nope, pass, no, 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 thank you. I know it's going to happen to me if I watch this. Nope. And this one, I was like, okay, okay, okay. I know what it's well, like to almost drown. I know it's like to – Oh, shit. If this was the one that you could get through and I sobbed through it, like what's going to happen? It's and it's funny. All the survivors always tell it with kind of not a ton of emotion. It's yeah. just here's my story. Mm-hmm. And then when the relatives are interviewed, oh my god, of they course. lose their fucking shit. Great transition, Amy. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Because I did a little research, and I, as I was looking at stuff, I stumbled upon this amazing website. Uh, it is i a n d s dot org. So like mm. lands with an I. Mm-hmm. Dot org. And that stands for the International Association of Near-Death Studies. Oh my God. It is a huge website, like overreaching website. It has got so much information on it. It's got hundreds of pages. No way. It's got tons of research. Oh my God. And I went through all of the emotions on it because I was like – these people are crazy. And then I was like, wait, are these scientists? Like, it's very like, they're doing their best to be as scientific as possible about this. I definitely found the page that was like, is this crazy? Um, But I also kind of got to the place where I was like, well, you know, psychiatry is like a real scientific thing. And that's very subjective. So... I did a whole bunch of research about what they call NDEs or near-death experiences. Um, so, so this whole website was fascinating. So I'm just going to talk about it for a little while. Okay. Um, okay. So according to them, what is an NDE? Um, it's a profound psychological event that may occur to a person close to death or who is not near death but in a situation of physical or emotional crisis. Being in a life-threatening situation does not by itself constitute a near-death experience. It's the pattern of perceptions creating a recognizable 
overall event that has now been called a near-death experience. So just because you almost die, you might not necessarily have one of these, but um, there are many common characteristics of near-death experiences, including intense emotions, commonly profound peace, well-being, and love, although there are some um, negative near-death experiences that are overridden by fear, horror, and loss. You know, when you see the devil face yeah, to face, I mean, that could, uh-huh, that could be one. <laughs> um, another common characteristic is a perception of seeing one's body from above, which is often called an out-of-body experience, sometimes watching medical resuscitation efforts, mm-hmm. um, an encounter with deceased loved ones, also possibly sacred figures such as judges, Jesus, or a saint. It doesn't say Satan on here, but there you go. Satan. Sometimes unrecognized beings with whom communication is mind-to-mind, like not necessarily verbal. Uh, A life review, reliving actions and feelings or emotions um, and what impact that had on others. And in some cases, a flood of knowledge about life and the nature of the universe. Oh, my God. And then very often there is a decision to return to the body. So these are some kind of common characteristics of near-death experiences as these people have researched them. Um, So uh, one of the things they said is it seems like NDEs have been uh, happening much more often in the last few decades because of medical advances, as more people are being brought back from the brink of death. Also, as public acceptance has grown, more people are willing to tell their own stories. So depending on how restrictively the NDE is defined, studies have indicated that between 12 and 40% of people who go through a near-death experience or a near-death episode will later say that they have a near-death experience. So just because you had, you were near death, you not necessarily have it, but mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of people will then later be like, yeah, I had a thing, you know? Wow. Um, I love this. So here's the whole thing about After Effects. Around 80% of people... Uh, uh, oh, here we go. Around uh, 80% of people who experienced near-death states have claimed that their lives were forever changed by what happened to them. On closer examination, um, the pattern is uh, surprisingly common. This website really emphasized the positive effects. Good. So I was fascinated to hear what you were saying that so many people had had, were really depression. Yeah. There was a whole, there was so much on this website that I had to stop because I was like, I can't read all of this. There was a whole section for children. There's a section about children having near death experiences. Um, Oh my gosh. They were saying that many people, and they have a lot of speakers. They do a lot of like in-person events. There's a huge community of support. Um, They do a lot of online Mm -hmm. and in-person support groups. Um, and they were saying that a lot of people are relieved by knowing that there is an afterlife. Right. And so that that it's going to be awesome. And so that they are then empowered to do good in this life, but that frequently, um, they were even encouraging people, I'll go to this later, but one of the things they encouraged was like, join a 12 step program because a lot of people come back and are like, I'm wasting my life. I need a whole new life, you know? And so it can be really hard on people around them or whatever. They're like, well, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to go pursue this because like I have one life and I've seen the afterlife and here's what I'm going to do different, you know? Yes. So a lot of people that have these really do change their, and I started to be like, yeah, how many plays have I read? How many movies have I seen where like somebody has a near death experience and then is like, it's a whole new day for me, you know? Right. Or you think of like, it's a wonderful life. He yeah, doesn't die, exactly. but like, you know, he exactly. saves his guardian angel from yeah, drowning. Yeah. And it's just like, he sees what life would have been had mm-hmm. he never been born and has that big like awakening. And you think it would be a similar, like you're running down the streets of Bedford Falls, like, hey, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. You'd hope, you'd really yes. hope. That, like, yes. So I read the section where, um, cause there was a frequently asked question. It was like <laughs> the, the, One of the questions was, this seems nutty to me. And I was like, that's not a question. Um, It really was like a well, believe me, as a person who frequents hauntedhouses.com, this was a very like, uh, it's a very professional looking website. It sounds very professional. um, Yeah. Uh, so they answered that. They said, you know, is this is this scientific? Um, and they said, science deals with object- objective matters that can be observed, tested, and measured by someone else. 
Um, an NDE is a subjective experience. It can be felt and reported only by the person who has had it. For this and other reasons, some people claim that the NDE cannot be scientifically, quote, real. Mm. Conversely, other scientists consider NDEs as scientifically valid as any other intense personal experience. The difference may be that some scientists demand physical proof of reality while others are less troubled by ambiguity. In any event, tens of thousands of NDEs are being reported from all parts of the world. Um, something does seem to be happening whether or not everyone agrees that it's scientifically understandable. And that was kind of a thing where I was like, I mean, I didn't know I read it. I was like, is this website crazy? But like, you know, think about psychology. Like that is a straight up real science, but it's also based on like, how do you feel? Right. And sometimes you can hook somebody up to a machine and be like, their brain is doing this thing. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Sometimes you can't, you right. know, and nobody questions that. So yeah. Um, then I wrote why I'm on board with this site now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know why. Right. She's um, on board. I'm on the boat. Show boat. Board of directors are going to go. Chairman of the board. <laughs> She's in. I like how I tried to do it. And I was like, I why d- did I do that, Amy's here? I couldn't even quote my own fucking joke. <laughs> I was like, what did I call it again? <laughs> uh, it's been too long. Okay, so there was a page called If You Have Had a Near Death Experience. Uh, and this was the page. First, realize that you are not alone and you have not lost your mind. Millions and millions of people from all over the world and from ancient times up through this very moment have had similar experiences. Thousands of people in the last 24 hours alone have had an NDE. It's an extraordinary experience, but it happens to ordinary people and happens frequently. You may want to tell the world about your NDE, or you may want to think about it, possibly for a long time, before trying to say anything. You will probably feel frustrated trying to find the words to describe it and fearful that no one else will understand, but there are many resources available to you. If your experience was distressing, we have specialized information for you. And there's a whole section of the website that's like, if you didn't have the clouds and your best friends showing up, click here. And if it'll you saw Satan yeah, staring down. It'll help you because a lot of people do have very distressing experiences. Some people feel nothing. Oh my like gosh. Like they actively feel the experience of nothing that can be absolutely terrifying. That would be even more scary. Can you, work, can you imagine? Like your whole life you're led to believe there's yeah. this warm white light and exactly. everyone you love is there. Yeah. And then you feel And if you feel nothing, nothing. can you imagine? Oh my gosh. Um, we Yikes. have on this link, we have a letter from medical professionals that you can print out and show to your healthcare providers if you choose. If you wish to use a therapist, we have guidelines for choosing a therapist. If you want to talk to another experiencer or somebody who will not need too many explanations, look first for a support group. If there isn't one, contact us and we'll find you someone reliable. Like it went on and on. And then there was a whole section too for people who are caretakers or relatives of people who have had an NDE. I bet that's almost like an Al-Anon yes, situation. Exactly. And yeah. that was one of – and I told you they recommended a 12-step program. Yes. Um, and I thought that was fascinating. It really was like that was what got me on board was that they really seemed to be like we're here to help you. We're going to help people. Yeah. And, you know, it does feel like – so like who knows? Okay, let's say you don't believe in anything and you think that it's a like a hallucination. Okay, that was a psychological event then and people need help. So Yeah. I loved that. I'm very much considering finding some kind of like either hypnotherapy or something to help with my very traumatic when they gave me that drug to yeah. put me to sleep. Put me to sleep. I'm not a dog that went under but mm-hmm. like what's it called i don't know it wasn't general your anesthesia, twilight twilight yeah. whatever that was they're like you won't remember anything and you won't feel anything and amy i kind of wish i had written it down because when you talked when you told me in holly mm-hmm. you were like it was weird it was like and then you talked for about 10 minutes i did yes oh and it was the most intense and clear that you were like i don't know it was kind of like and then you said all of the most specific things i've ever heard in my entire life i actually don't remember telling you guys that i know you were in a lot of pain at that point so much pain so you told us a hundred thousand things and it was so specific it was so scary it was really horrifying. Did I t- t- say that it felt like I was like trapped in like uh-huh. tubes that were like fleshy you and kept, porous? Yes. And- you kept telling me about the tubes and you would like, you were like, and then it was close to me and it was far away mm-hmm. and yeah, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, 
And you were like, just in general, it was kind of, and, and like, it seemed really fucking traumatic. And so I was trying to be like, I hear you. It like, <laughs> was so traumatic. And when my biggest fear my entire life was I'll have to go under like, you know, into a sleep and that I will never wake up. Mm-hmm. That's because I've, I don't know how my body, my body's super sensitive. Like, will this kill me? And yeah. so they, the doctors were very, like, I was shaking, like really badly yeah. on the table and that's they they were like okay we're you know obviously i'm having a major panic attack and i wasn't worried about the operation i was worried about will Anesthesia. i ever wake up yeah and so you know and they warned me that it was going to feel like a nightmare hallucinate hallucination and i it was like 40 minutes of the scare but i also knew that grandmama was with me mm-hmm. which freaked me out because then i thought i'm dead because grandmama's here yeah so and then I tried to I tell you also that I was trying to find Ithamar's face. I was telling myself, think of Ithamar's face, think of his face, and I couldn't remember what his face looked like. It was so fucking scary, and that's why I'm not sleeping at night because when I start to slip into sleep, my like brain that. and body jolt awake because I think I'm going to have that same nightmare, mm-hmm. and I, I I think I need to find either some kind of like website or support group that's like here's for when you've had really fucking bad trips because mm-hmm. i've never done drugs or like i was just about to say some this kind is, of hypnotherapist this is how we know amy's never done drugs yeah I guess. <laughs> <laughs> was, my, my headphones cracked yeah. When I that. um yeah it feels like um like what like vets when they have um yeah like flashbacks or mm-hmm. uh just really really bad just like what the fuck i can't even imagine people who willingly do drugs that will fuck you up like that yeah and like because they put you on special k right it was special k yeah. and i told someone who knows what it is and you know she's like oh, well it's ketamine but the street yeah. name is special k and she goes you went into a k hole i'm like i don't even know what that is she and she almost looked envious Honest to God. She my was like, God. you had a, you were in a K-hole. Oh my God. It was a K-hole. I'm like, I don't know what it was, but now I need therapy again because that yeah. was so fucking scary that I can't stop. I can't not think. You know, it's not like yeah. a choice that I'm thinking about it. It was so fucking horrific yeah. because I was afraid the whole time I died mm-hmm. and also thinking this is it. I'm, it's just me and grandmama and these fleshy tubes and I can't even remember the faces of the people I loved. Of course, I woke up and asked for you. <laughs> I mean, anyway, keep going. I want to hear, this is so fascinating, though. It I is a real it. interesting so, study. I'm so glad we did all of that. I'm so glad we went to all these places because I said, because you know what? Hold on. I'm chugging mine. You take a good sip of yours because guess what? We're, we're getting out of here. <gasps> Are we going on a trip? Mm-hmm. You know where we're going? Magic mystery tour. I googled people that woke up at their own funerals. <laughs> oh, because I was like, "This is gonna be great!" <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I need another yeah. sip. That was like not a big enough sip for what the fuck? Because this here's, is amazing. Here's you the thing. fucked up little mind. I love you. Because I was like, "That'll be funny," and then also like, don't get me wrong, it's a little disturbing in some ways. Like in some ways, it's a lot disturbing. It's so disturbing. But I have hold on one, two, three, four stories. Holy. Fuck. Is it told lots. by the people who woke up? No, it's literally I got all of this from one article <laughs> oh from God. online. It's a UK publication called The Independent. Another reason um, I won't sleep at night. And uh, it was written by Adam Lusher and he was following this phenomenon. So here's my favorite part about this um, story is that he looked up. These are very modern occurrences. Like not back in the day when you bury people with bells because it was just normal. Uh-huh. Oh, shit, These are all no- modern. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So I think he wrote this in like 2015. So it's pretty, That's very modern. Yeah. Okay. So here's one. On February 26, 2014 in Mississippi, uh, the Holmes County Coroner Dexter Howard was called to the hospice that had become the final home of 78-year-old Mr. Williams. Having checked for a pulse and found none, the coroner declared Mr. Williams dead completed his paperwork, transported Mr. Williams inside a body bag to the embalming room of Porter and Sons Funeral Home in Lexington. But before the embalming process could begin, the body bag started moving. We noticed his legs beginning to move. Like kicking, he also began to do a little breathing. 
Mr. Williams was literally alive and kicking. <laughs> Just a little breathing. A little. The astonished coroner could think of only one rational explanation. Uh, he had a defibrillator implant. Um, and so he thinks that after he had been declared dead, it jump-started his heart and he, he was alive again. Oh. So here's the best part. He comes back to life. And then two weeks later, he dies again. <laughs> no. Was it some idiot accident? Like No, he just died. Because okay, he was okay, very okay. old. He was, gotcha. he was ready to I'm die. sure that weakened him quite a bit. But two weeks later, Mr. Howard again declared him dead. And he says, every case I do is a learning experience. <laughs> the second time he gets him, he just pokes him with a stick uh-huh. every 20 minutes. Are you sure? But... <laughs> Mr. Howard replies that miracles can happen. <laughs> Fortunately, Mr. Williams' family seems to agree. It was a two-week miracle for me, and I enjoyed every minute of it, said the now truly dead man's nephew. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. No. Here, I was going to point this out. This is a story about Russia. This is the second story, and I want you to look at the name before okay. I try to pronounce it. That's the name. Wowzy. Good Thank luck you. with that. In 2011, in Kazan, Russia, as mourners filed past, Fagilia Mukamsaknikhanov. Excellent. That's Thank exactly you. how I was going to pronounce yep. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they filed past Fagan's open coffin, the hitherto dead heart attack victim reportedly woke up screaming at the realization <sighs> that she was lying in a coffin. <laughs> it did not end well. <laughs> Her husband was quoted as saying, her eyes fluttered and we immediately rushed her back to the hospital, but she only lived for another 12 minutes in intensive care before she died again. Oh, that's a lot of money. Some reports suggest that she died of another heart attack brought on by the shock of realizing she was at her own funeral. (laughs) It's not funny. It isn't funny. Wait, it's not funny, but just the situation. Yeah. There's two more. I lined these up. I lined these up the way I wanted them. I trust you. Here we go. Okay. This is about a Venezuelan man. In 2007, Carlos Camejo, 33, was reportedly declared dead after a car crash. He was taken to the morgue. Uh, According to the El Universal newspaper, medical staff only realized that Mr. Camejo was alive when they cut into his face to start the autopsy. Quote, I woke up because the pain was unbearable. Oh, my God. His wife went to the morgue expecting to identify his body and found him waiting in the corridor. With a Band-Aid on his forehead. He has been photographed showing the scar on his face and a hospital document ordering an autopsy to be done on his dead body. And I have seen this picture and we will post it. I need to see it. Oh, Literally. my God. So it's kind of a thing where, like, the Venezuelan government is like, no, we didn't. And he's like, here's my face. Here's the piece of paper that says cut this guy open. Holy Fuck shit. Fuck y'all. Oh, my God. Also, like, when they cut into his body, I'm so sure he, he was bleeding. He started ble- So the other article, because I was like, this one I got to research. So the other article I read said that initially the staff was like, He's bleeding. Fuck. And they started stitching him up. Oh, my God. And then he woke up. Oh, so, my God. All right. And this is the last one, and I saved it for this special place for our podcast. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. November of last year, after a heavy night on the vodka. Oh, hey. A 25-year-old whose name was only given as Camille, this is a Polish guy, reportedly woke up wondering where he was. A common enough experience for the morning after the night before, but this time Camille realized he was inside a mortuary refrigerator. Unbeknownst to him, he had suffered a cardiac arrest after leaving the pub in the Polish town of... A Polish town. Mm. Too many. Heard of it. Heard of it. Mm -hmm. And had been declared dead. According to local press reports, a hospital security guard heard sounds coming from one of the mortuary cool boxes. With shaking hands, the guard was quoted, I opened one of the doors and I found a naked body asking me for a blanket. If, here's the best part, if the reports are to be believed, once Camille had warmed up and gotten dressed, he went back to the pub. (laughs) Camille, you got a parab alum, but also you deserve to have a drink. Like, oh my god! Oh, I bet you the bartender who served him the night before when he had his cardiac arrest was like, oh uh, shit. Um, sorry. 
I don't think I should serve you again, but also, please don't sue me. Holy shit. I'm so glad I did that because I really was like, I knew it was going to be really intense and I was like, I'll find some funny thing. That's why you wanted to go second. That's why I wanted to go Because mine was not like that at all. This is perfect. Also, now I have so many things to be afraid of even more now than Uh ever. It's just what I needed. Perfect. There was a whole part of it. It was a very long article and there's a whole section about like, how do we decide what is dead? And that is oh, so gosh. shocking to me because oh. truly people can stop breathing and their heart can stop yeah. for, you know, 15 minutes and, and then they come back. So then they're alive. Yeah. But they were dead. Yeah. So when so do you call it? When do you not? I mean, on ER, when they're having a real rough day, it's like, it's been 45 minutes. You need to call it. And know? then sometimes they just won't quit. They will not give mm-hmm. up. They're still going and they're like, Dr. Green, Dr. Green. Yeah. How long has he been at it? <laughs> Shut up, Carrie. <laughs> Don't die on me. Damn it. Don't <laughs> die. Oh, that is uh, – whatever our last episode was, I don't even remember actually mm-hmm. at this point because things are a little out of order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I did not report on it, but there was one thing that had popped up of a haunted – did we do cemeteries at one point? There's this – so there's this like um, – tomb Mm -hmm. in a cemetery where um when the it was like a family tomb so when the next family member died they like removed the the door to put the bot the the next body in and saw that the previous relative that they put in there which was a young girl um was out of her coffin and her her skeleton her corpse was now on the floor oh no and when they examined the inside of the coffin they saw scratches and they realized they buried her alive or they put her in there mm-hmm. alive and she was trying to get out and eventually died cuz she mm-hmm. couldn't mm-hmm. i mean that shit is just so fucking hard but that was old days yeah. old and old days i picked four stories there were like seven Really? I kind of want to read them now. Yeah. That's horrifying. I guess like maybe go back to the old days and put a freaking bell on these people's hands and toes and have some kind of system because – I read this in the article. George Washington in his like, yeah, here are my wishes for when I'm dead. He literally said, leave my body out for three days. Oh, okay. Before you bury me. Let's do that too. That's just – Nah, Keep it just out burn there. me. Because I feel like I'll – even if I wake up, it'll be 90 seconds. Okay. Right. Uh, and then you're just going to go back to dead because yeah. of how good it probably actually let's, is. Let's yeah. – you know, think yeah. about it. Like, okay, you're sleeping. You're not really dead. You get put in there. It's super hot. You're only alive for 90 seconds. It's mm-hmm. 90 seconds of the most intense pain ever. But it's over. But I get you back for another 90 seconds. And selfishly – I want that. Yeah, but I'm chat, surrounded by laugh. fire. Oh. Okay, you know what? Fun. Put me in there with an iPhone. Good. Perfect. We can okay, do perfect. a little FaceTiming. Yeah. I'll make sure there's a Wi-Fi modem for girl, you. Girl, I'm dead. Oh, shit. Shit, what is it like to be a ghost girl? Oh, my Where God. Where are you going to haunt? Where are you going to haunt? I'm going to Borders, Borders, I'll see you there, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to that that uh, uh, gender-neutral bathroom at Borders. What's up? You know you're going to be fighting those other ghosts for that mirror. I don't care. I'm going to go look. <laughs> bloody Tammy, bloody Tammy, bloody Tammy. <laughs> Oh, girl, that was good. Mm-hmm. I am feeling ironically full of life. Good, me too. It must too. be the zombie. I feel much. I feel much better now. Oh my god! I had to nurse this. It is strong. It is strong, and I, I drank all of it. The yeah. end. Um, I just i I was learning about Messiah, and I had a. I was not prepared for that. Um, Neither was I. I'm like, I'm sorry. You saw the devil. He also at one point goes. Yeah, you know, I was in the hospital. Obviously, afterwards, you're in so much pain, which is a lot of times why people want to go back to the other side yeah. because they're like, this sucks. I'm paralyzed now. Mm-hmm. I'm or this and that. So a lot of times there's a lot of suffering and pain. And for he was like, you know, and so finally, you know, I was in the hospital for a long time. My right lung was completely collapsed. I couldn't <gasps> breathe without a machine for almost a week. I'm like, but me too. Me too, Messiah. Hashtag. Oh my God. Hashtag. All I saw was some fleshy, porous tubes and my grandma next to me. Like, what the? At least I didn't see the devil. Yeah. At least I didn't God. see the devil. Yeah. Thank God. Um, it was it was interesting that I accidentally picked something that was similar to some experience I had mm-hmm. had and also that I did yeah. the bubble trick and 
to save myself from drowning once in the ocean, which you'll you'll have to listen to episode six through sixteen for that story. (laughs) (laughs) Another time I made Tammy cry. Yeah. Um damn. That was fun. Yeah. That was more fun than I thought. And more funny than I thought it would be. I'm gonna have to make you cry at some point. I'm always the crier. When was the last time I cried? I can remember, but what was it? I won't talk about it. Aw, give me a hint. Was it recent? Well, I remember the first time I saw you cry. <gasps> oh, at the bar at Bordner's when we all hugged and kissed because we were feeling sad for ourselves? Now I mean the second time. Yeah, because oh, okay. that was the first time. Uh, no, it was approximately one year ago today at your bachelorette party. I cried? Oh. Yeah. The past life. Uh-huh. Because I was a ghost. Yeah. I cried. That came out of nowhere, too. It, it wasn't just like a buildup. It was Danielle going, oh, my dear, like I have... It's because you were a ghost and you were confused. And, and you're like, just... literally, your little face just crumbled. And, like, I feel like all humans in the room just, like, went to you. And we're just like, Amy doesn't cry. I don't cry. I cry all the fucking time. I think I'd cried seven times that day already. You did. And then Rachel cried when I said I was a basset hound in one of mine. And she cried. Yeah. She goes, of course you were a basset hound. <laughs> oh, dog people. Yeah. Us cat people, you know, yeah. we're tougher. We're independent. Yeah, we have independent woman. Uh, that was super fun. Uh, guys, we're very interested. If you have any stories, you know, not only about ghosts, but um, of like surviving anything mm-hmm. like that or um, come beyond and back, all that good shit. Also, if you just want to chat, send us an email. Have chat. you been in a K-hole? Yeah. Please, let me know. <laughs> God damn, let me know. Please. Yeah. Um, so send us that stuff. Voluntary at, or involuntary. Send it at upghostandpersonal up at gmail.com. And also follow us on Instagram. At Banshees and Booze. Or on Twitter. At Banshees and Booze. And uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. We really appreciate everyone who has, but we need more. Yeah. Um, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google mm-hmm. Play. Oh, and I'm going to put us on other things, too, because I, <laughs> cool. I just wasted my money and got an echo spot so now i've got like alexa and uh they use like iHeartRadio. radio oh nice and stuff like that and so i'm gonna make sure i, I can get us on there because i can literally be like play the latest episode of blah 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 and i can't for banshees and booze so i'm gonna fix that I have an Alexa, which I never plugged in because it scares me. But I think, oh, you know yeah. what? Because I was like, oh, now they're listening to everything. Well, yeah, they already they are. are. Yeah. They already are. No, I, for one, want um, customized services for when they take over my life. Like, I'm great with that. I got a weird targeted ad on Instagram. You know how they, you, you talk about, we're talking about cherries that look like butts. Yeah. Well, my next targeted Instagram ad will probably be something about cherries that look like butts, right? Mm-hmm. I got, I was lying in bed. I couldn't sleep the other night. There. And I'm looking at Instagram, and I got about three different targeted ads for Hatchimals, the 90s little kid toy that I've never talked about in my life, never owned, and never played. I even screenshotted it because I was like, am I a bit tripping right now? Because... Hatchimals? Was Ithamar on your phone for a weird reason? (laughs) He has been on my phone, actually. (laughs) Okay. We just figured something out. My husband loves Hatchimals. I mean, he's not Mm -hmm. wrong. They're adorable they're very fun but they're coming back okay, um, good. and uh i apparently am a huge fan so yeah thank yeah. you alexa yeah Ooh, i don't have plugged in uh cool guys oh, yeah oh, oh yes uh hey amy oh god yes tammy uh if you see a ghost grab a bunch of gold and run from the devil <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should have done that. What was he thinking? I know. I'm like, God, give bet, me that booty. I bet he has money issues now. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I bet he does. Oh, yeah. He's going to see someone about that too. Yeah. Um, I just heard how heavy your cherry is. It's a heavy cherry. That is a rum-soaked cherry. Rum. It's a drunken cherry. cherry. I'm, I'm going to eat it and answer you. Um, Tammy, uh-huh. <laughs> if you see a ghost, go back to the pub. <laughs> if you become a ghost. <laughs> I really wanted to incorporate something about your sprouted tomato, <laughs> potato, sweet potato <laughs> butt cheeks, but I had nothing. Grow an ass plant. <laughs> Endless. Yeah. We're on fire. We should always record in the late afternoon. We, we are much more awake. We're funnier. Oh, we are funnier. Too bad next week we're starting at 10 a.m. Sorry, guys. Good for you. Um, thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening, guys. Keep it up. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Good work, fans. You did it. Um, you listened to us for 67 minutes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I am so stressed.